Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Want to teach your kids financial literacy but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Creative control with Bish Khan. Hey, how you doing? On Tuesday, August 19th, there was this announcement that Drive Like Jehu, a fantastic band from San Diego, California, who have not played a show together since, I don't know, 1995, they're going to play a single half-an-hour, five-song show in Balboa Park in San Diego at something called an Organ Pavilion. Now, I saw this announcement and I freaked out. I'm a huge fan of Drive Like Jehu. I followed uh, that. Well, I never got to see them. I never got to see the band. But I followed the work that the, some of the band members did afterwards. John Reese and Rick Froberg ended up in a band called Hot Snakes, and each and every week, if you listen to this show, you hear a bit of their song, Creative Control. I named the show after them. That's how much they meant to me. Mean to me. But I never saw Drive Like Jehu. Never thought I would. Never got any indication. Mike Kennedy, the bassist, Mark Trombino, the drummer, seemed to have moved on from music, essentially. And so it never seemed possible. And, you know, that's fine. But then this announcement came up, and I got really excited, like a lot of people. And so I wanted to find out more about it. So I emailed John and said, John, do you want to have a chat about this? And he said, sure. So we had a very spur-of-the-moment conversation yesterday, and I decided I would post it right away. So this is myself and John Reese talking about the Drive Like Jehu reunion, a lot of conversation about organs, uh, some history of the band, some other stuff, what it, the future, what it might mean that they're doing this single show. So I think it's a good interesting episode if you're a fan of the band i hope you enjoy it now normally what i do is i ask the guests on the show to pick a song from a record of theirs to play out and john had a very interesting request and i kind of resisted his request initially i'm not sure now i'm not sure you stick around you might hear whether or not i make good on john's request so here it is myself the great John Reese of Drive Like Jehu. Man, I wish I could go to San Diego and see them play for half an hour, but say la beach. The Eden Mills Writers Festival presents Taste and Transmission, an evening of music and literature at Guelph's E-Bar on Thursday, September 11th. This event features rare full band performances by local luminary Scott Merritt and Toronto's gifted Sandro Perry, plus stimulating readings and discussion by internationally renowned authors and music writers Carl Wilson and Shawn Michaels. Tickets to this all-ages licensed event are available now at the Bookshelf, located beneath the E-Bar at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph and at ticketbreak.com. Visit EdenMillsWritersFestival.ca for more information about taste and transmission on September 11th. Despite its best efforts, the E-Bar is not a fully accessible physical space. Dragonfly, dragonfly.
John Reese is an amazing guitar player and singer who has been in many bands, including Rocket from the Crypt and Hot Snakes, and um, I, the list goes on and on. Uh, Night Marchers, I should mention Night Marchers. Well, one of the first bands he was in was called Dry Like Jehu, and they're getting back together to play at least one show in San Diego on August 31st. And here now to discuss this further, uh, all the way, I believe, from San Diego, is John yeah. Reese. Hi, hi, John. Here How are I you? Am. Yeah, you forgot to mention that I also am a uh, expert pancake maker. Oh. Yes. See, and I, I did not know I that. I am an avid. I like long walks on the beach. I like uh, I like sunsets, but I'm also into sunrises. Kinky <laughs> that way. <laughs> you like both. That's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's good to yeah. have a, a broad uh, perspective on things. Now, this is exciting news. This just happened all of a sudden. We heard. Uh, this week, that Drive Like Jehu are getting back together to play uh, this show. Can you tell us why? Uh, why Why are we playing a show? Well, firstly, the show is, is, isn't so much a show as it's kind of like a, it's a performance. It's a chance to collaborate with the Spreckles Pipe Organ located in Balboa Park, San Diego. The pipe organ is a massive, you know, outdoor instrument. It uh, it just has such a great sound. I uh, have been going to the organ concerts in the park there for years, ever since I was a kid, and um, I'm just completely captivated by the sound of the organ there. It's uh, it's really great, and it's one of the gems uh, in San Diego for sure. And we have a civic organist. It's um, you know, we have, they're basically an organist that's paid by the city of San Diego to play the organ. And as much as I love this city, you know, I love it here in San Diego, um, there is uh, a feeling amongst many, many of the musicians and artists here in San Diego that the city does very little, if nothing, to help promote art and kind of, um, you know, and, and, and community in mm. terms of, like, having performance and be for free and, and providing space and just encouraging the arts in general. You know, the city's lacking in that department. So I definitely don't take the organ concerts for granted. I go to as many as I can. Um, they're wonderful, especially if the, the program is good, you know, the music selection that they're doing uh, that day or night is good. It, it can just be great. And so um, a friend of mine... Uh, his name's Dang, D-A-N-G. Like, gosh, dang it, you know. His um, name is yeah. Dang? Wow, that's a good name. I've got it. We, my wife yeah, and it's I are... A, it's Vietnamese name. Oh, okay. Um, that explains it. That's a good name. Yeah, so I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> but anyways, uh, Dang and myself, along with uh, another couple, um, uh, are, are part owners of, of a bar here in San Diego, and Dang is really involved in the community. And, and I think it was February, he... He was like, "Yeah, dude, I got uh, I got on the board of directors for the Sprinkles Organ, and pretty much immediately the conversation turned to like, dude, how are you gonna, you know, how are, how are you gonna hook us up and get us in there to play? You know, can you can you arrange that?" And he's like, "I'll try." So since February, there's been a dialogue about trying to get this to happen, and and um, over the last month or so, things have been just kind of slowly kind of edging to where this is this is going, going to be a reality and um you know on, on my end i reached out to the other guys in the band and everyone was really intrigued and excited to not only play again but to try to to uh, i don't know just to kind of like see what this is about and there's only one way to really see what it's about and that's to actually do it so uh, i'm i'm super stoked that everybody is 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 in the band has embraced it and as much as me and um yeah and i can't wait to do it i'm excited no you should be you know, excited the organ, the organ is, has such a great sound you know it's 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 a big sound it's an acoustic instrument but it it it, it generates uh so much uh i guess you would call it like sonic energy in the sense that you can actually feel it you know it, it just feels it's a sound bigger than all of outdoors and so i'm hoping that it would be it's going to be kind of like jamming with like Godzilla or you know a dragon or a whale or something like that you know it just has this enormity to it so that's it, that's uh, that, that's I'm rad that sounds cool now wait a second just for just to clarify here what role has the musical instrument the organ played in the history of drive like Jehu up to this point uh 
what role has an organ played? I don't think at all. Yeah, right? That's, I don't know. There's I don't no, know. I can't think of a song, and I, you know, maybe my mind is going blank here for a second. There's not no, really organ no, on no, any Drive Like Jehu so. songs. No, there isn't, right? No, okay. we recorded. I know that, I mean, I mean, it's, I think in terms of just other instruments, the only thing I can remember is there was a trash can on one song right. thrown at a wall. <laughs> and um, trying to think of anything else that we've ever used other than just drums, vocals, bass, yeah. guitars. I don't I, think I, so. I don't think there's much. So you're, as I said earlier, uh, you're a guy in many different bands, many different projects that could have worked with this Spreckles organ. To bring back Drive Like Jehu for this seems amazing and unusual. Did you cons- Was it always going to be Drive Like Jehu? Work- like you say, you, you began talks in February... Was it always? I never considered anything else. Um, hmm. um, I suppose maybe something else might work. I mean, you could do anything. The organ is capable of of playing anything and 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 hanging in there with any kinds of mu- any any type of music. But uh, for me, this that was this this is the thing that just seemed to make not only the most sense but perfect sense. Okay. You know? So. Uh, I didn't really think about the other bands, to tell you the truth. <laughs> that's fine. All right, that's right. So there has been some speculation, because it's the 20th anniversary of the, of the last album, Yank Crime, that that might be some connection, but you're saying it has nothing to do with any of that? No. I mean, no. I mean, I didn't even know that... I mean, I, that that just dawned on me the other day when someone uh, for this, this solo wrote an article, a little article, um, just basically saying that, yeah, it's been 20... Can you, it was almost like, can you believe it? It's been 20 years since that record came out kind of thing. And hmm. Yeah, I mean, I didn't realize that. And it's, I mean, th- that's the kind of information that just makes you feel old and, and <laughs> depressed. <laughs> and not that I feel old and depressed, but it's like, I don't, you know, I doubt anyone in the band was aware of it. I definitely wasn't aware of it. Um, they hadn't had that marked off on my calendar. Right. Um so yeah, it doesn't have anything to Nothing do with to that. Nothing to do with that. Well, you've played with Rick uh, Froberg in Hot Snakes uh, subsequent to the end of Drive Like Jehu. When's the last time you played with either Mike Kennedy or Mark Trombino? Well, it would be then. You know, it'd be whatever, 20 years ago, I guess. Or yeah, whatever. okay. Uh, 19 years ago, maybe. Because I don't think we played very much longer after that. We did do a tour. Yeah. But beyond that, I don't know what, what else we did. I don't remember. The band band never broke up, you know, so I guess you could say that we've been, you know, been a band the whole time, you know. <laughs> have you, were you on, are you considered the band on indefinite hiatus, so to speak? I don't know, I didn't, you know, I, I, I thought of the, uh, I wouldn't really think about it that much, you know, I mean, I, I, back then I did, but um, over the years I didn't really think about it that much, I just felt that the possibility of us playing, again, was highly unlikely. So you didn't break up. Why did the band stop when it did? Um, I got very busy playing, playing in Rocket, and the touring schedule was 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 really demanding. And for me, it's it it, it seemed like uh, Drive Like Chehu didn't have uh, the desire to kind of uh, be be that busy. You know, yeah. we, we'd done a tour. We would do a tour. It seemed like when we come back home, it would be like this kind of like the letdown of just like, okay, let's just kind of enjoy the time home or whatever. You know, there wasn't like the the the, the real uh, commitment to just kind of get on the road. Or, uh, maybe commitment's the wrong word because maybe they would have, but it just seemed like there wasn't they, there wasn't really the um, I didn't just didn't seem like it was that important to the band really. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for me, this was just, you know, playing music was what I wanted to do, you know. So I just wanted to keep busy, you know, with whatever was going to take up my time and allow me to just play music all the time. So for me, I think that was the reason, you know. It was it was difficult to... I And this is my perspective, you know, so you have to talk to the other guys in the band. I don't, they, they'll tell you something else, but... For me, it seemed like it was really difficult to kind of... The band was getting harder to be in, you know? Ideas were kind of coming slower, and things were getting more drawn out, you know? And and, and although I... The, there was never a time where I did not enjoy the music. I always really enjoyed the music and enjoyed playing with everyone. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like things were 
are, you know, kind of like, I felt like my feet were kind of getting stuck in par a little bit, you know, like yeah. we weren't, we weren't really, really charging it, you know, so, um, I, I started to focus with on rocket and then it's, it, it kind of, for me, like, you know, one tour turned into another and turned to another. And literally when I came up for air, it was like three years later, you know, mm-hmm. it really was, it really was like that. It's not an exaggeration. I was home for those three years. I was home for maybe four months of that entire time, you know, so it was, uh, it's circumstantial. It, it stopped because of circumstances. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I, I, I remember, you know, just feeling bad, you know, cause, cause, you know, the band was, um, you know, I always consider myself more of a guitar player. You know, I always, I always have and, mm-hmm. uh, not a singer, you know, not necessarily a, a performer. I enjoy doing those things, you know, but I, I, if, if I had to pick just one, I was just thinking myself being a guitar player. You know, the only reason why I started singing in a band is because no one else wanted to do it. <laughs> um, so, um, I was really excited at the, you know, playing guitar and coming up with those songs and, and, and collaborating with everyone. And of course, Rick and I went, went back to a band before that and continued to play after Drive Like Jay, you know? Yeah. But, um, I thought it was really cool. You know, I don't know if the lack of interest had anything to do with it because I just was I was just stoked on anyone being into the band. But it seemed like after we kind of went away for a while, that people got more interested in in us as a band. You know, um, so maybe you know maybe if we maybe if there was the feeling that there was something growing that would help but I kind of don't think it would have you know yeah it just seemed like the band was kind of like destined to do what it did and like you said it was circumstantial but I really think that if you you know want to know what really happened you should probably just talk to the other guys because uh, I don't you know but this is just my my take on it of course it. no of course but your take's just as important as anyone else's I just wanted to ask I, I'm curious if you can tell us a little bit about how the band started. I mean, you, you obviously have fond memories for it. You're really stoked about this upcoming thing. Can you t- can you kind of revisit that period when the band first started and how it happened? Yeah, you know, uh, Pitchfork had stopped playing. Um, that was the band I was in prior with Rick. And yeah. uh, let me think. So so we, we stopped playing. That band basically stopped because people were moving out of town. We'd already been... We were already on our, you know, we were on our second bass player, and he was leaving town. Our drummer was playing in a bunch of other bands and wasn't as available, and it just seemed like things just kind of ran its course, you know. It wasn't it wasn't that it really wasn't the end of the world, you know. We were young, the future was bright, we were going to do something else. And at the time, there was you know a lot of bands in San Diego, and I was being introduced to to different people, and one of those people was Mike, mm-hmm. who was in a band called Night Soul Man who both Rick and I and many other people in San Diego thought were the best band happening in San Diego at that time. I mean, they were, they were very exciting. They put out a couple records. The records are great, but um, they were definitely an experience live. Uh, they, they had a great chemistry, really enigmatic uh, front woman who came out there and, and, and just uh, really demanded attention and was, was larger than life. Uh, great guitar player she also played guitar and then a great guitar player this guy named eric who just had a very wiggly sound and mm-hmm. slinky kind of sinister <laughs> kind of perverted uh noise uh kind of approach really great guitar player but one of the things as a musician that was was truly inspiring for me was the the rhythm section mike played bass mark played drums and um, the rhythm section was, you know, repetitive, very much locked in, so that you could almost kind of put anything on top of this machine that was going on underneath, yeah. and it would work, you know. So I, I uh, became friends with Mike, and we, me and him started playing, and we started jamming with a bunch of different drummers, guys that, I mean, I don't think we ever put an ad in a paper or anything, but we'd like guys that I had never met that weren't within my group of friends, and... and uh, you know, and at first I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And I think early on, like after a couple practices with a couple of these, these dudes, I was like, oh, this isn't that, this, is, this doesn't sound all that good, you know. <laughs> so 
we were just kind of like, um, you know, I don't know, we might need something else here, you know. So I think it was at that point that was like, you know, we should, you know, Rick really wants to play guitar. We should really involve, involve Rick, you know. And he started practicing with us. We met this guy named Chris that, that both Rick and I were familiar with, who was more from the hardcore uh, posse crew scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he, uh, he, Chris Bratton's great drummer, uh, played in a bunch of bands back then and, and played in a bunch of bands after. And he was our first drummer. And it was really great. We had like, you know, um, six songs. It felt, felt awesome. You know, it felt like we were doing something new. Um, the sound was good. It was, it was, it was really gelling. And then Chris lived in Riverside and he, uh, he just was busy. He was like at 50 bands and, you know, practicing once a week, you know, at best was just not cutting it at all for the three of us. We were just like, no, this is, this is too fun to just do once in a while. We wanted to, um, you know, we wanted to play shows. We wanted to put something together. Yeah. So we, um, you know, I think in the back of all our minds, we were like, especially for Rick and I, I was like, oh, it'd be so great if Mark, you know, could play with us. But I think we, there was just a hesitation. Like, I think we just felt like, oh, he wasn't into it because I think he kind of got, maybe he was <clears throat> disenchanted with, with his previous band, you know, because they had, there was so much promise there with them. Um, they were, you know, they really were that great that, um, and it didn't, and it kind of, kind of fizzled out. So, I don't know what the feeling was, but it was like when we asked him, I, the, the, the expectation was that no, he wasn't, you know, cause it was a long shot. And I, Mike was the one that approached him because they, you know, had already played in a band together. And Mike came back and said, you know, Mark's interested. He's, he wants to, he wants to try it out. He wants to, wants to, to play with us. And, you know, I don't really remember exactly the feeling um, you know, that first practice, but I just re- remember like thinking, Oh, this is that, this is that rhythm section. I mean, this is it, you know, yeah. this, this is so cool to be playing with this. Like I, you can do anything on top of this and it will sound great. You can make noise, you can drop out, you can do anything and it's going to have this velocity and this machine going on. That's just going to propel everything and make everything you do seem important. <laughs> um, so, uh, I was really excited. I remember it, it, it came together pretty fast, you know. Um, I wish I could be more descriptive, but I don't, you know. No, no, you've I've, been very descriptive. I that part of my brain or something, but it was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was cool. And so, yeah, and that was the that was the band. I don't remember what years these were or anything like that, but um, that was it. Okay, that's cool. Now, you earlier you said you were kind of talking about how you weren't sure if the band stopped because of a lack of interest from people within the band, or maybe even, I don't know if you were alluding to people. Ex- no, I was referring not a lack of interest from in, within the band, because I think there was, I mean, everyone in the band, you know, was was really into it. I was talking talking in terms of more of just like uh, people being interested enough to come out and see you play. You yeah. Know, in San Diego, we, you know, wouldn't say we were massively popular, but we had a lot of support here, you know, and there was a, a really good... Um, community of musicians that all support each other, you know, friends, and it was it was great times. But you know, we would leave, you know, the rare occasion we would leave San Diego, um, you know, just you know, play to like thirty people. Yeah, yeah, no, people, I, you know, which is fine. I mean, that's 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 kind of how it's supposed to be, you know, when you're supposedly paying your dues or whatever. <laughs> but we just never really got got beyond that. Well, speaking of getting beyond that, you've been in two situations recently with Hot Snakes and Rocket from the Crypt where you've you've done reunion shows, so to speak. You know, you brought the bands back together. That reaction has been pretty overwhelming, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been great. You know, it's the it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, does that would did that experience kind of is this Drive Like Jehu thing framed by that in any way? Like, did that impact your decision to be like, guys, it's super fun to play again. Like, that's been my experience. We should do this. Yes, as a matter of fact, as soon as we're done with the show, we're doing a 60-day uh, tour <laughs> with Megadeth, <laughs> and then which will be followed by playing every uh, Native American gaming casino <laughs> in the country. And then uh, I think we're looking at doing 
you heard of the noise boat? Uh-huh. Like that cruise ship yeah. that goes out. It's going to be um, Tad, Helmet, uh, <laughs> us, uh, all the greats of the noise rock years playing a cruise ship uh, going around the Panama Canal. Should be should be awesome. You're touching upon both uh, an interesting travel itinerary there. That sounds like it would be a lot of fun, but you're also touching upon that inherent nostalgia within reunion. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Stuff, and I, I can't... You strike me as someone who would normally be kind of cynical of that stuff, but are you embracing it? No, I'm being completely sarcastic. We're just doing this fun show. There's <laughs> not, there's nothing else going on. There's no talk of doing anything beyond this. No, I mean it was, uh, it was this, it, it was the idea to play came about because of, uh, you know, because of playing with the organ, because of this opportunity. So there's definitely no plans to do anything else after this. So if other cities... And there's no plans to do anything before it. You know, people are like, oh, cool, we're going to do like a warm-up or this or that. No, it's like we're we're really stoked to do this thing, you know, so that's what we're going to do this thing. It's for the future. I don't know. I mean, I didn't, didn't, you know, think we'd necessarily be playing again at all. So um, I'm not going to say it's not out of the question, but there's definitely... Uh, no talks of it, and there's nothing planned. It's just an organ? An organ is making you do this? A really special organ? Well, you know, here's the deal. It's like, like I said, this organ really captivates my imagination, you know, when I when I listen to it. And I really love this city. I'm really into San Diego. And um, anything that I can do to be, to help kind of, facilitate what I would consider something kind of cool and weird that's, that's you know, for free and open to the people of, the, of this city. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do. And also for me, I also, I, you know, I kind of, for me, this is kind of a, a, a historic thing, you know, just to play with the organ. You know, I, I look at it as something that um, will possibly be remembered, you know, for a long time now, the time when that band came and played with the organ and bummed everybody out, you know, <laughs> so like, I, I really, uh, I, I'm really, um, there's, there's, this is really important to me, you know, so like I said, I was just glad that everyone else in the band was, you know, was like, yeah, cool, this sounds like a, a great thing to do, and it struck a chord with them as well. Now, have you actually, the four of you actually played together yet? No. Okay, so and you came because you came. Uh, <laughs> it's you know, it's well, you know, I've, I've done some homework, but that's about it. Mark and Mike haven't really been active musically since. I mean, Mark did some music production and played with some people. I don't know. I think Mike just went off, right? He didn't really pursue music after. Mike the, played in a band called Corrugated right after Drive Like Jay, who were then they were a great band, but it was it was kind of short lived, you know. And then after Corrugated stopped, then he he didn't play again. Hmm. Okay. So they're going to get, it'll be muscle memory, it'll be, I'm sure they're all doing their homework, but that's, I mean, you've said, I, I noticed that the parameters were five songs, 30 minutes. Well, that's just because, I mean, that's just, that's, that's just what the program is, you know, that's how much time we have. Um, I think we might go a little bit over, you know, just if, if, if one of the songs ends up being a little long or something like, like that, but, yeah, you know, this is all just really hypothetical, you know, what if this and what if that, or even theoretical, you know, because it's like, until we do it, we don't really know what it's going to be like. Have you discussed what the five songs will be, or did you, was that just a number of chosen? You know, there's been a lot of discussion about, about music, you know. Um, I, 
think I know what the song's going to be, but it's probably best just to keep them a surprise. I mean, oh, no, no, absolutely. Sure yeah. Any, anyhow, but yeah, it'd probably best just to keep them be, uh, as a surprise to those people who, you know, I don't know. Well, you Maybe also, it doesn't matter. You might also discover upon actually playing together that one of them doesn't make sense and you might try something else, right? Yeah, you know, and there's always Louie Louie. <laughs> All right, well, this is, you know, I'm, I'm, this is bittersweet. Uh, knowing that this could be, this is likely it, uh, me not being able to get to San Diego. For me, for me, this is bittersweet. I think for a lot of people, it's like, oh my God, they're finally doing it, but it's so rare. And I think that's, that's going to make it even more special for you guys, obviously. Yeah, I think so, you know, and, and, uh, I mean, never say never, but it's like, the, all, all that we're really like kind of concerned about is just having fun doing this, you know, and just, you know, we all want it to sound good and everything. And yeah, if people have seen you come out, you know, part of the, part of, part of this too is like, you know, the organ has predominantly kind of like a, a more, you know, kind of blue haired audience for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. And if this turns, you know, that the, the organ really relies on the support contributions, donations of, of the people who are interested in it. So if um, we can, you know, kind of like turn on some different people onto the organ and, you know, I, I just kind of think that if people hear it, hear the organ, they fall, they'll fall in love with it. You know? <laughs> it just seems like that's what will happen. So hopefully if this goes well and we, you know, figure out logistically a way to make this work where you can really hear the organ and uh, feel its power, <laughs> it's, uh, it will do that. And, and, and a whole new group of people will be more inclined to support it. Are there plans to document this in any semi-professional way, as opposed to just I'm trying people? to? Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I, uh, I have enlisted uh, uh, someone to record it, and I have uh, I haven't talked to anyone about filming it, but but there's been people contacted. Uh, uh, trying to get just just some kind of document. That's the thing. I just want to have something, you know. Yeah. Something to 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 have, you know, just something to share with people too. You know, like people like you who can't be, so others can see this thing. Okay. Well, it sounds very exciting, and I wish you the best of luck with it. I, I should ask you before we end this, uh, what's next for you in terms of active projects? Uh, can you shed any light on what you're up to? Well, Hot Snakes are doing some stuff uh, pretty much right afterwards. We're, we're doing a couple shows. Uh, we're playing the the Riot Fest circuit, and we're doing um, a couple like um, nightclub appearances. Mm -hmm. uh, I know we're playing the what is it called? Oh, we're playing the Empty Bottle on the Saturday before the Riot, our Riot Fest show. Oh, nice in Chicago, and then Denver. We're doing that one, but we won't be playing. A nightclub, and then uh, Rocket has a couple shows at the end of of September. We're going to go out and do fun, 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 and in Texas, we're going to do uh, playing the Pacific Northwest a couple shows, and then after that, that's kind of it. Going to chill out for the rest of the year and keep working on new stuff. Okay. Now, the last time, first of all, the Hot Snakes Ride Fest show. You're not doing the Toronto show, are you? No, oh, okay. they didn't ask us. I wish we were because. Out of the three, you know, Rocket did all three last year. And of the three, I thought that one was uh, by far, you know, the best one. I thought it was the coolest one for sure. That was an amazing set, I got to say. Yeah, I, that was really fun. Yeah. That was really cool. It's a great festival. There wasn't too many bands. Everything was just kind of there on the one stage. It was uh, very smooth. As intimate as a festival could be, you know. Yeah, so very, very, had a good time. very organized. I thought that everything, you, you guys started right when they said you were going to start, all the bands started yeah. right on time. I thought it was really good. Yeah, no, it was great. It was really good. I wish, I wish the other two Riot Fest were more like the one in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> well, my question is, the last time you and I spoke, you mentioned that if you were going to write new songs for any of your reunited bands, Hot Snakes might be one of them. And then I spoke to Rick subsequent to that, and we have this on film. He says that he challenges you. He's like, I don't know what John's talking about. And he challenged, he challenged you to write new Hot Snakes song. Oh, good. I thought you were going to say he's going to challenge me to pour fucking water on my head or whatever that thing is. <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, we've, we've talked about it. You know, I, uh, we've exchanged ideas, you know. Okay. So I challenge him. <laughs> 
to listen to those ideas and say yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, good. The challenge is the gauntlet has been thrown down on both sides. That's great. All right. Well, John, uh, before we go here, uh, is there a Drive Like Jehu song we can play for people uh, uh, so that they can, you know, know what the hell we're talking about here? Is there? Yeah, you can play one. No, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot. We have two records. <laughs> yeah, there's, the, there's, there's there's one now. Probably like 15 songs or something. I don't know. I know a lot about the band. I'm curious if you could pick one of the songs from the seven inch or the records or whatever. Is there something we can play? Um. Yeah, I don't know which one. I mean, you you pick. It's your show. Oh come on! I'm supposed to ask you. That's how it always works. But sometimes this happens, and I understand that. I got to pick. I thought you would have some insight into what. Uh, you'd like people to hear you know it's it's your band um i don't know what would be a good commercial for the band like something where people would hear it and go oh yeah i like it i don't know maybe you pick the play the uh <laughs> here's what you should do you should play like play like a bullet train to vegas and then play like the last end of luau and then play the um <laughs> For like the first couple minutes of do you compute um, kind of a mashup give a good overview you know okay and then um, I don't know maybe some off the first record you know, caress or something like that I'm but gonna just, just do like a medley you know just <laughs> cut it up because I know that's a lot of time that's like you know potentially 50 minutes of music right there so just kind of do the best parts I always appreciate that you make a lot of work for me to do. I, I, I do. I think it's good. You're making me work hard here. I'm going to pick one of the things you said and play it now. And that's all. That's all right, all, cool. That's, that's all there is to it. John, I wish you the best of luck with everything. And, uh, you know, I, I hope this all goes well for you. Hey, thanks so much, Beach. Sorry you can't be there for it. And uh, I just want to say I thank you for your support, though, of talking about the band and you know, the bands that play. And it's really cool. You. I oh, appreciate it, man. I, I appreciate that, too. Thanks for saying that.
Hey, thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.